This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And this week's episode is sponsored by designmysoap.com. And we are your ghostesses. Corinne. And Sabrina. Okay. This is my last day of work on season three of Blindspot. Mm-hmm. So it's the last time we'll be recording in from my office. And last night I saw Aladdin. Is it at the Pantages? Yes, it's at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. And it was I I was smiling like a two year old girl the entire time. <laughs> I was so giddy. It was so magical. The magic carpet ride scene, Corinne. I have I don't know how they did it. The the set pieces of that show were incredible. Oh, now I wanna see it. You could not see the strings at all and it was flying. Oh my god. That must be so scary for them to practice. I know, I'm sure. But, oh, it was so amazing. Ah, I was, like, dancing and singing along. (laughs) Aw, so cute. Did Nick enjoy it? He loved it. We even, we got in the car afterwards and just started playing the Aladdin soundtrack. (laughs) Honestly, all of those actors are so talented. Like, Uh, whenever I go see a Broadway show or play, I'm always blown away. Me too. The guy who played the genie was outstanding like stole the show and was hilarious he had like some oprah jokes in there like you get a wish you get a wish you get a wish well now i need to youtube this because i feel like i'm missing out <laughs> come back to la and watch oh, i can't come back to la for a long time it was such an expensive trip for me mm. but it was worth it it was fun yeah <laughs> worth it for fun I'm going to Demi Lovato on Monday. No way. Yeah, because Casey, my roommate, wanted to go, so I got us tickets for Christmas. That will be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And I was – at first I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go. Then I bought tickets. And then I realized I've already seen Demi because I went to the Camp Rock tours. <laughs> no. Oh, I was a total Joe Bro fan. Oh, I was too. Yeah. They're from New Jersey. Yes, they are. Okay, I started rewatching Goosebumps on Netflix. Ooh. Because they have, I think, all of the seasons on there. And two things. One, it is so smart and genius. R.L. Stein is amazing. And I watched an episode where Ryan Gosling is in it. Really? As a little kid. Oh, that's so cute. I know. It was great. It was I'll like season re-watch. one. I haven't seen them in so long. It's really And honestly, good. I didn't. I, I've only seen maybe a couple episodes in total because I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was younger. Yeah, that's how I feel about all the other shows you mention. And then <laughs> Goosebumps was the one I was allowed to watch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm. Did you see Bates Motel? Have you seen it? I've seen most of it. I haven't finished it. I just I'm finishing the last episode of season four right now, and I'm quite upset. And I'm not sure if I'm going to even watch season five because I can't believe they did this to me. Oh, my gosh. So I'll catch up because now I'll be on hiatus and I'll have nothing to do except for work on the podcast and write my own screenplays. So I will watch lots of TV. That's like the dream life, you know? I know. Just getting to work on your own passion projects. Except for there's no income. That's true. You're not getting paid. So you could do that (laughs) anytime you want. (laughs) I'll be unemployed. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i saved a life yesterday <gasps> what 
I actually, I mean, the EMTs saved the life. Wait, tell me more. Medical professionals. But I started the saving of the life. I was in the library and I walked up to a chair and it was like 10 feet shy of another chair where this guy was sleeping. And when I walked up to the chair, I looked over at him and he was pretty passed out. And I was like, oh, it looks like he's vitiligo all over the bottom part of his face. And then I sat down and then about 15 minutes later, he starts snoring. And then all of a sudden it goes like, like he's, it's, I can't even imitate it because it would make me vomit if I actually did the noise. But it's where basically he was starting to asphyxiate. Like he was spit and vomit was coming up and he started choking on it. So me and another guy both got up and walked over and the other guy tapped him and was like, excuse me. And he didn't wake up. So that guy just turned to me and shrugged and started to walk like towards me. And I was like, dude, what the heck? What? So I walk over to the kid and I start kind of shaking him and I was like, hi, hi, hello. And then I smelled alcohol and could tell that he was like going to die. So I started to roll him on his side and slap his back. And I was like, I'm rolling you on your side. Okay, buddy. And then oh some God. other guy heard me and ran over and he was like, I'm a lifeguard. So then he took over and I called 911 and I was like, this kid has alcohol poisoning. Um, and then the paramedics came and it was really serious. Like, that's so scary. Were, it was, he, yeah, he had shallow breathing. He didn't really have much of a pulse. They were having trouble finding it. Oh my and God. And the sad part is, is, so I, w- I told the paramedics, I was like, well, I got here at five. So he's at least been here since five. And some other kid was like, well, I got here at four. So he's at least been here since four. And I'm like, the fact that he could be there for so long and no one check on him. And it made me upset that I didn't walk past him before because what I thought was the vitiligo was dried, like spit, dried foam. Oh so gosh. he clearly had been foaming for a long time and no one did anything. That is so scary, but oh my gosh. I really hope he's okay. Me too. And I mean, at least you did check on him. And I think it's hard to know right away because someone could just, he could have just been sleeping, you know? But if someone's foaming at the mouth and it's coming down. Yeah. I mean, that had happened before because it was dried by the time I got there at five because I thought it was going to let go from afar. Right. But Yeah. And then I was just talking to my parents about it's always like the diffusion of responsibility and la di da. And this is how people pass away in public places. It's because right. everyone looks around. And if no one else is doing anything, you think it's okay to not do anything either because it's the right. bystander effect. You're like, well, it must be handled yeah. or I must be overreacting or thinking mm-hmm. that this is something that it isn't. So, so scary. Goes back to our see something, say something. Just, yeah. Better to wake someone up or to make someone feel uncomfortable and then realize, oh, I made a mistake and now I feel awkward and can go back to my seat. Then know that you didn't step up when someone needed help. I completely agree. (sighs) Wow. That's – I mean, that's amazing, Corinne, that you did that. Well, yeah. Well, I'm sure someone – I would hope someone else would have. Right. If – I mean, I was just sitting probably closest to him, so – I'm sure other people were going to respond. I just got there faster. Yeah. Wow. But. Jeez. That's a intense Thursday afternoon for you. I know. 
got off work, went over to the library. Saved a life. Saved a life. All in a day's work of a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you prevented someone from turning into a ghost, which is an amazing thing. Yes. I'm pro warm bodies. (laughs) trying to keep as many people from turning into spirits prematurely yes we have enough to talk about on this podcast yes we also got an email on national women's day but i you know we're a little backlogged in the email so i just got to it yesterday but this is from foley and she has a theory or kind of like explanation about white ladies no way so we'll just read it really quick okay she said or says said says (laughs) Hi, I recently started listening to your podcast and it's so good. I love myself a spooky story. I just heard your 21st episode about the white ladies and I wanted to try to give you an extra fun piece of info that might help answer why do they always appear around water or close to the full moon? Well, I've been researching astrology for a year now and in astrology, water signs and water symbols are connected to the feminine, divine feminine and mothers. How perfect a connection, right? And we know how monthly cycles especially are connected (laughs) to women, just as the moon cycles are, and the moon symbolizes the mother of astrology. She's the most feminine of the planets as rulers. This would explain why white ladies from all around the world all show up grieving, shying from men's aggressions, and appear near water. Anyways, thanks for letting me nerd out for a second. Happy National Women's Day. Sincerely, Foley. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's, it is really cool. I like that connection of coming up with explanations as to why someone behaves a certain way based on how human people or right. mythology is in relation to astrology. That's really cool. I, I could spend all day reading about astrology. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating. Have you ever read one of those books that you look up your exact birthday on the day you were born and like the time you were born or something and it gives you a profile Mm -hmm. on yourself there's a website called cafe astrology i'm pretty sure someone posted about it on our facebook group and it has that exact thing you put like the time date and location you were born and it tells you exactly how the stars were aligned at that moment you were born and like it tells you like how that translates in your life Mm -hmm. which is really cool you know, it's a good idea. What? You know how everyone's always trying to figure out what artwork, art, oh my God, I can't speak. <laughs> what artwork to put in their baby's room or like a mm-hmm. unique gift to give someone who just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Get a photo of the stars at the exact time. Oh, with their name. And then you can get a framed with Framebridge and get a discount. <laughs> so it's even cheaper. But. <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't that be so cute? That would be really cute. I'm pretty sure they have that on Etsy, too. Oh. Oh, I'm sure. They have everything on there. They have everything. Oh, speaking of, I really wanted to say thank you to Jana, who sent us coasters. And I wasn't able to give you yours until you came to visit yeah, in L.A. In but They are so beautiful. And she has an Etsy shop. And I ended up getting – she sent me a um, set with a little cacti on it. And it's so cute. I got a seahorse. For the lake house and beach house that I don't have yet, but I plan to have in the future. I just needed the first step Mm -hmm. towards getting that, and that was these coasters. It was just so nice of her to send them to us. It was, and they're so good. They're so cool. I was just thinking, like, so many people are so talented. I know. And it just blows my mind that people think of doing 
these things and then actually go through with doing them. Makes me feel like I should do more. We do a lot. We do a lot. <laughs> yes, I'm stressed out. I had a stress dream the other day. I looked up what dreams, what this dream meant. What was it? It meant a whole lot of different things. I had a dream that I had a baby and I was pumping my breast milk to then <laughs> feed the baby later. And I filled up a massive bag and then it all spilled. <gasps> all that hard work for nothing. I know. <laughs> what does it mean? What did it translate to? I said something like either someone in my life is acting like a baby or like there's I need more love and attention in a certain area of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while we have dark and dirty thoughts, something to get you clean, designmyself.com. You've heard us talk about it before. It is an amazing company that was started by three really nice guys in Indiana who love to make all-natural soap. It's called designmysoap.com, and that is exactly that. It's a website that lets you create your own soap, and you choose from all-natural scents. Like, ah, we come up with a creative name. Think on the spot. Ghost poopers. (laughs) I don't know. I would say boogers, but that doesn't smell good. We're both talking about things that don't smell good. But the soap will make you smell good after. Get rid of your boogers. Get rid of your boogers. Oh, I like that. So yeah, you can choose all natural scents. You can name the bars, which I guess is what we just did. <laughs> and then you can choose exfoliants that work best for you and your skin type. And designmysoap.com is the world's first online soap making studio. So if you have super dry, sensitive, or oily skin, you can choose the base that's just right for you. And you can mix and match essential oils and exfoliants like bentonite clay, activated charcoal, oatmeal, which is what I like to do because I like it to scratch all the dead skin off my body yeah they have like coffee grinds in them too it really does feel so amazing all soaps are handcrafted using all natural ingredients that are vegan and cruelty free they're also non-gmo and gluten-free too each bar is just eight dollars and the shipping is only five dollars no matter how many bars you make so you can order a bar for every single person that you know so maybe five people or a hundred thousand i don't know (laughs) and the soap will arrive in about 10 days they make awesome gifts and you can even get design my soap gift certificates there are no minimum on orders and your satisfaction is 100 percent guaranteed and I, we've seen so many people on instagram who've been doing it and they're loving it it's amazing my mom is also very satisfied really? she ordered because we ordered and originally she was gonna get them as gifts for people but after she got them she was like <laughs> they're all for me <laughs> my mom's favorite from her order was a lemon and lavender combo i ended up doing my favorite one was the eucalyptus lavender with um coffee scrub Ooh, that sounds nice if you want to feel real nice Go to designmysoap.com and design your soap now. And to get a free two girls, one ghost vegan lip balm, use the promo code TGOG at checkout. Yeah. Again, go to designmysoap.com to design your very own soap now. And then when you do, use the coupon code TGOG at checkout and you can get a free two girls, one ghost branded vegan lip balm. I'm excited for this topic because... It's not that scary. Well, at least mine's not that scary. Mine's not that scary either. I think mine's just cool. Okay. Well, that's good. This is a good episode for people who don't want to be too scared. <laughs> Whenever someone asks about the podcast, but they're like, I'm too scared. I just say, listen to Pet Cemetery." Yeah, that's a good one. That and now we'll have nice another one. one. Now we'll have another one. Another go-to just less scary episode. Don't listen to Dominus. Don't listen no. to the Shadow Dolls people. episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We have quite a few scary. (laughs) Yeah. Who's first? I don't know. I have no idea. What did we do last time? It was doppelgangers. 
I think you were first last week. Okay, then you go first. Okay. So I chose to talk about the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. I actually have to give credit to someone on our Facebook page because they posted an article about something called the demon cat that haunts the U.S. Capitol. Oh, my gosh. They knew how to reel you in. Yeah. So thank you, Juliet, for posting this because it was perfect timing. Pun (laughs) intended. (laughs) Um, Because we were looking for historic buildings to discuss that were haunted. And I read, I obviously clicked on that article because I saw a cat. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to look and see what other hauntings have occurred in the U.S. Capitol building. And there are so many. I'm just curious about the spirits that are there like are they people that were politicians that still remain in the capitol building or is it just people wronged by the government that go to haunt the building like what's who's there what are they doing Uh, why there's a wide variety of them there's um so there's over 15 pretty well authenticated ghosts in the capitol building and there are politicians there are construction workers there's cats there are reporters. There's a whole plethora and assortment of ghosts in the Capitol building. So for people who don't know, the U.S. Capitol building is in Washington, D.C., and it's one of the most historic buildings in the United States. It has seen every presidential inauguration since 1801, which started with Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Yes. I believe he's the president that was credited with bringing macaroni and cheese over (gasps) to the U.S., What a fun fact. Yes, that is why he is my favorite. (laughs) That's amazing. It's the only presidential fact I know. I can't even name all of the presidents. I can't either. (laughs) I even had one of those placemats as a child that had all of the presidents. Me too. But then, like, you put food on top of it and you don't really look at it anymore. Yeah. No. And then you're looking at mac and cheese instead, and that's even better. I'm not a historian, okay? Me neither. There's a song that people learned in, like, elementary school about all the presidents, and I never learned it. What? And I feel, I feel gypped. What song is that? I don't know how it goes because I don't know it. Oh, yeah. But I've heard people sing it. It's like the that's jingle about all the different states. With their capitals? Yeah, I never learned that either. Never learned that either. Thanks, New Jersey. <laughs> Thanks, Vermont. <laughs> um, it's okay because we were smart. We didn't need jingles to remember. Except I may have, do, I may we have don't, them. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know the presidents. <laughs> we may have needed them. We're just trying to cover for ourselves. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so the building was constructed in – or it started construction in 1793 and then was completed in 1800. And, oh, another fun fact about Thomas Jefferson, Jefferson he named the building Capitol with an O, not an A, based on the Latin word associated with the Temple of Jupiter Optimus Maximus on Capitoline Hill, which is one of the seven hills in Rome. Wow. You yeah. really had to think hard about that. Or maybe he was just a really smart guy and knew it. Yeah. Maybe he learned a jingle <laughs> about all the hills in Rome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the U.S. US Capitol building is the home of the Congress and the seat of the legislative branch of the Uni- United States government. So it has a lot of history. There are a lot of things that have happened there. Part of the building was burnt down during the War of 1812 by the British And then it was rebuilt. Um, It's seen a lot of attempted assassinations. The State of Union happens there every year. And then also they have an event called, it's not an event, but 
when certain people pass away, they have, they hold, it's called lying in state where they have the casket in the building and civilians or public citizens can come in and pay their respects. So they basically bring spirits in. Essentially. Yes. But yeah, there was an attempted assassination in 1835 on President Andrew Jackson. And this man tried to shoot at him twice with two different guns and they both misfired. Guardian angels. Guardian angels, maybe. Or um, good bodyguards. (laughs) And and shitty old guns. There were multiple bombing attempts in the Capitol building. One in 1915. And then there were other successful bombings in 1971 and 1983. Um, There was also, in 1998, a man burst into the Capitol building and opened fire, killing two Capitol police officers. And then it was also the believed target of United Airlines Flight 93 on September 11, 2001. Oh. Yeah. So there's just a ton of history with it. There's also a crypt within the building that was intended to be George Washington's final burial place. But he, his family was like, uh, no thanks. We're going to bury him at a cemetery. So he's buried at Mount Vernon instead, and it's just an empty crypt. And the building is considered one of the most haunted buildings in Washington. In Whoa. Washington. Washington. In Washington. It has over 15 well-authenticated ghosts. Some of them are presidents, soldiers, reporters, and the demon cat. What makes the cat so evil? It's not. And I saved it for last because that's for last, right? Okay. So the first ghostly encounter dates back to 1860 when the building was being constructed. Most of the building was built out of slave labor, so it wasn't really the best conditions for a lot of the construction workers. But very representative of what built America. Very true. Um, there is a rumor that one of the slaves decided to take a nap while they were building the fan- foundation. It was like during lunch or something. He just needed to take a nap. He was exhausted. And the foundation was built around him. What? And so he died. And according to people in the building, a lot of people hear pounding and scratching from within the walls, and they believe it's the spirit of this man who's trying to break free. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I know. People were crazy. I know. And then another construction worker died after a fall during the construction of the rotunda, which is the big dome on the top of uh, the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. And he is sometimes seen floating beneath the dome, carrying a tray of woodworking tools. He's still hard at work. Yeah. But it, or it could just be a residual haunting where he's just like kind of reliving certain moments. Those things just, I just don't understand residual haunting. Speaking of that, sorry to what? go no, off. Please. Someone posted, actually, I don't even know if it was posted on our Facebook page or if I just found it, but there was a CCTV footage of a ghost train. What? Yeah. There's. In the I this. subway station, it's the CCTV footage, and then you just see kind of like the outline, a very like ghostly, blurry one of a go of a train coming up, and it stops, and then waits for a few moments, and then it goes Whoa. again, and you see all the carts going. So it's very controversial because some people are like, "It was doctored. It's just a real train going through," and other people are like, "No, it's a ghost train." I love the idea of ghost trains. They scare me. I just love the idea of ghosts, obviously. <laughs> I just like the idea that in the afterlife or if you pass, if you die and you are, if you st- stick around for a little while and you're a spirit, that you have amenities and can travel as a ghost and get around and right? still live 
ghost train. That would be cool. That sounds like a script you should write. All right. In the month of April when you're on hiatus. <laughs> Let me just write a script per day. About all the different spirits that hop on and off of the train. Not all of them are so nice. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Maybe I'll write a children's book about it. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that. So then there was another man who was a stonemason who was crushed beneath a collapsed wall, or legend says that he got in a fight with a coworker, and his coworker hit him on the head with a brick and then sealed him in the wall. And so now he's seen passing through the wall in the basement beneath the Senate. So there are multiple bodies and skeletons built in the foundations and the yes. walls of the, the U.S. Capitol. Yep. Great. Sounds yep. nice. Sounds pleasant. Um. Okay, and then in 1808, the construction superintendent, John Lenthal, disagreed with the architect, Henry Latrobe, over the vaulting room. So Lenthal decided to remove the braces from the vault, which is just a little, come on, not smart when you're building a building. No. And guess what? The ceiling collapsed and crushed him. So in his last breath, legend goes that he apparently cursed the building, and it's believed that he is enacting his revenge by shifting the foundation of the building today. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, trying to make it collapse on everyone else, which is like, okay, come on. Rude. Get over yourself. Just because you weren't smart doesn't mean other people need to die. Yeah. Uh, 1862, during the Civil War, the military briefly converted the U.S. Capitol into a hospital for wounded soldiers. So more than 1,000 cots were placed into the statuary hall. And according to le- legend... At least one or two soldiers never left the building. So during this time, there were a lot of poor surgical practices, and um, it was the only option for wounded soldiers. So a lot of them got infections or died. So there's one soldier who was known to have undergone excruciating pain late one night, and then he had surgery to remove a bullet buried deep within his chest. The soldier died on the operating table in front of the Capitol Rotunda, And it's claimed that if you listen late at night while in the building, you can hear the wailing of the soldier. Some have claimed to to have seen him wandering the hall in front of the rotunda, still clothed in his army uniform. And on one occasion, a staffer in the 70s recalled hearing a soft moaning from the rotunda as he was being interviewed in another another part of the building. Mm -hmm. And so he left the interview to go investigate, and he heard more moaning. When out of the corner of his eye, he thought he saw a man in a navy blue uniform walk across the front entrance of the rotunda and disappear. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was during an interview? Mm -hmm. Maybe he was like, well, I'm probably not going to get this job, so I'm just going to go investigate and ghost hunt. I know. I was also thinking, like, I I don't know why. I mean, so... We don't know what type of interview it was. Was no. it for a job? Was it a news channel coming in and interviewing or a special? So I was just thinking, because my first thought of an interview in the Capitol building was that it would be filmed. So I was like, ah, no. too bad they didn't catch it on camera. We don't know. There's also a male librarian who haunts the rooms of the rotunda. He apparently died before he was able to uh, fetch his money that he hid within the library. So when the library was moved, there were a bunch of workers moving the books, and they discovered over $6,000 hidden between the pages of the books. That's 
he put so much trust. I know. In believing that no one would check out those particular books. Yeah. And it's like, it's not your home, dude. Other people are going to be opening those books. Find somewhere else, buddy. Yeah. Dig a hole in your backyard. I I was just about to say that. Dig a hole. (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then in 1848, uh, during a debate on the floor of the House of Representatives, 81-year-old John Quincy Adams was loudly voting no on a resolution, and then he promptly collapsed from a stroke at his desk. He was then moved to the speaker's lobby when he fell, where he fell into a coma and died two days later. So employees now, to this day, still claim that they hear someone shouting no late at night as if John Quincy Adams is still trying to finish his argument from that evening. Yikes. And there's also witnesses have described seeing an illuminated, transparent ghost of John Quincy Adams when the lights are turned off at night. In 1890, a guard reported seeing the entire House of Representatives convened in the room. So, like, all these ghosts convened in the House of Representatives. That's so cool. How cool is that? Which, again, goes back to the whole ghost train thing. It's like there's a whole – they're all living their life out and still governing. It's a whole world. Making laws. Yeah. I finally saw Coco, by the way, speaking of (gasps) world of the ghosts. What did you think? I mean, I cried, so – it's amazing. Yeah. It was really good. It's beautiful. Oh, but so this House of Representatives things made me wonder who would be president in the afterlife because there's so many who have passed on. Oh, yeah. Do they How have do another they election? Yeah. Or do they all just work together and bicker? Probably that because people have heard pounding from the gavel of the House of Chamber. So it's believed that people are still like feuding and fighting and... <laughs> Just, you know, politics. There was a guard who reported seeing all of the statues come to life at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve one evening. And then he got fired because they were like, you're crazy. But he got fired for nothing because in the years following, other guards have reported it and have seen the same exact thing happen on New Year's Eve. I wonder what the significance of New Year's Eve is. In the U.S. Capitol building. Maybe it's just like, we did it. We're still here for another year. Or maybe someone died and they covered it up. They were having a soiree on New Year's. Interesting. Okay, there's also the presence of James Garfield and his assassin, Charles Gateau, have been seen in the basement area. I was like, together? I wonder if they're like, what if like James Garfield is like, you know what? You killed me, but we can hang out in the afterlife. Or what if actually it was a plan and Garfield didn't want to be president anymore and he was like, the only way I can get out of this without being hated by the rest of the world or the U.S. is to be assassinated. And so he hired him to kill him. Yikes. Conspiracy theories. So in 1875, the vice president, Henry Wilson, fell asleep in a bathtub and died of a stroke. So this bathtub is now called the killer bathtub. It's in an in a nort. Oh, why can't I speak? It's <laughs> in an ornate. It's an ornate Italian marble tub that was put into the Capitol building for senators to enjoy. And Henry Wilson loved his bath. Apparently, he was known for like running from the bathroom in like a towel to get ready for meetings and stuff. He was like always running through the building, but it eventually led to his demise. So apparently he died of a stroke and he also had pneumonia. 
in the bathtub. And visitors say that they can catch a whiff of the scented soap that he used to use in the bath. And other people have seen a lathered up ghost and the sounds of wheezing and sneezing in the Capitol. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then there are so many. It's crazy. So in 1887, there is a reporter named Charles Sincade who on December 1880 of 1887 wrote an article kind of outing one of the representatives, oh, Representative Preston Talbley, Talby, about his engagement with a young female clerk and their frequent trips, meaning their like relationship, they sexual relationships. Yes. So Tabli was really frustrated, and on February 28th of 1890, he spotted Sincade near the front of the house restaurant, and he lunged at him and pulled his ear. And then... What an aggressive... First, to lunge at someone is so aggressive, but then all you do is pull his... Yank his ear? Yeah. Like give him an overreaction. Give him a punch. I don't know. Yeah, do something more aggressive if you're going to put all that force into lunging. Sorry, we're not here to tell you how to live your life. (laughs) (laughs) But Sincade had a pistol and he pulled it out of his out of his coat and he shot the congressman, which wounded him severely. And to tall B died from the wound 11 days later. So it's believe. And then, Oh, and then there are these dark stains that remain on the steps of the Southeastern stairway where Tubley's tall B's blood dripped from the fatal wound. And so staffers and guards have reported seeing sightings of tall B ascending the Ascending and descending the staircase where he was shot, searching for Sincade to enact revenge. Enact revenge. And there are a few soldiers who have been seen in the Capitol building who often will come and pay their respects during the time that there are people laying in state, lying in state, which is, I think, very sweet. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Uh, And now... The demon cat. The demon cat. I know you've all been waiting for this. Okay. (laughs) So thank you again, Juliet, for putting this on the Facebook group. So the demon cat is one of the most popular stories within the Capitol. And it's this. there are a few different versions of how the story goes. But this one is that the hill, Capitol Hill, was the home of a den of black cats. But once the construction of the Capitol began, the cat's den was destroyed. Along with a family of cats. So it's believed. I know. It's so sad. Don't. Black cats are good luck, guys. All cats are loving and the best. (laughs) I'll move on now. Okay. So the mother cat now apparently roams the halls of the basement of the Capitol building where the den was presumably located. And it's believed that she's searching for her her kitties, her babies. Um. I know. And so even though that right now, currently, there are no unattended pets allowed in the Capitol building, the late night guards and staffers have seen animals dashing quickly around through the building. So there's a story that one night a guard was on duty. He was it was late at night and all of a sudden he saw a little black cat approaching him. He didn't think much of it because at that time they used cats to catch rodents in within the building. Like in Disney. But, yeah, exactly. But then as the cats came closer, or as the cat came closer, 
it started to grow in size until it was the size of a tiger. Whoa. And it apparently pounced on him, knocked him over, and then disappeared midair. Holy crap. That yeah. guy had a heart attack, I'm sure. Right. So I think the story can be debunked because it's believed that back in the days when this story is supposed to be have originated from, a lot of the guards were like, the senators or politicians, like, fucked up brothers who can't get jobs or, like, they're, they were, like, alcoholics and recovering and, and it's late at night. So it was believed that a lot of them were drinking. So how true the experience is, we don't know. But there's evidence of the demon cat existing. And the most famous of them is that there's a small group of paw prints within the concrete floor in the small Senate rotunda. They're just little cat prints. so cute. Mm-hmm. And then there's a marking uh, in another part of the building with the letters DC, and they believe it's been scratched into the concrete by Demon Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Which I just a love. cat scratching its initials. <laughs> with this one little long nail. Yeah. Um, but it has, the demon cat has shown up or been, or has appeared before bad things happening within the Capitol. So it was seen before the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, Abe. I know. Before the October 1929 stock market crash, before the assassination of John F. Kennedy and a bunch of other events. But yeah, so maybe the demon cat is trying to like was the demon cat being like okay this guard is not doing its job i'm going to attack him and make him wake up you know it's like kind of like trying to protect the capital that's why he's showing up before certain things uh well then why increase in size and pounce on the person when you're the size of a lion wouldn't you just kind of rub up against the leg and be like hi wake up if you were kind didn't increase in size but the guard was drunk and the cat was like, this idiot, I'm going to pounce on him to, like, wake him up. And the guard did freak out and collapse, and he was embarrassed. So he said that the cat grew in size, and it wasn't, like, a small little black cat that knocked him over. That very well could be what happened. Yeah. But Demon Cat is not actually a demon, so I think his name is misleading. <laughs> but I also like that name. I think I would get a black cat and call it Demon just for fun. Oh, Demon. But, like, a loving, out of love. Can you imagine if Demon got out and then you're just screaming, Demon! Demon! (laughs) Oh, my neighbors would be like, oh, she's possessed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's the U.S. Capitol and all billion ghosts within it. So many. So many. But very nice ghosts, not scary, which I appreciated. My favorite is the, the bathtub ghost. I know. Killer bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, what did you choose? This is actually the one topic I didn't look at the Excel to see what you chose. Oh, well, this is a good thing then. Yeah. Many of you have probably heard of what I chose. It is the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. It is a designated California historical landmark, and it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It's located in San Jose, California, which I've been to San Jose, and I didn't go there, and I'm so mad at myself. You have to go back. Now I have to go back. I'll go with you. Great. 
Okay. I would love to see it. Meet me in San Jose. I'll meet you in San Jose. Um, but it's known for the spirits who haunt it and the woman who was tormented by them. I love this story. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And it's they just so made a movie about it, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Okay, good. But um, it's located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard. And I wasn't sure if it was set back far from the street or how visible it would be. So I looked on Google Maps and just placed the little person on the sidewalk. And it is right up, like, on the sidewalk, basically. You really? can see the entire house from the sidewalk. It is massive. It's massive. It used to be even more massive, which we will talk about. Okay. The home is now privately owned and tours are offered on the property. So you can actually go inside instead of just gaze at it from the street. But here's a little background on the place. Sarah Winchester was married to William Wirt Winchester. And they lived together in New Haven, Connecticut. So they were East Coasters. Uh, William had been a firearms dealer and he produced the Winchester rifles, which were quite popular and they were used in many wars. So in other words, William's guns were responsible for many, many deaths. Yes. And when William passed away from tuberculosis in 1881, Sarah inherited $20.5 which... Yeah, you're already like, whoa. But actually, in today's money, that was $520 million, so half a billion dollars. Oh, my gosh. I would never have to work again. I get to just write and do podcast stuff forever. Sarah also did not work. She did something else, which was build the house. But, <laughs> but yeah, it would be so nice. Ugh. We are now accepting donations. <laughs> <laughs> but only in lumps of $1 million or more. Yeah. We'll give you a shout out. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> so she inherited $20.5 million in her day. Uh, and then she also inherited half of the company as well. So her salary from owning the company, half of the company, was about $1,000 a day. Or oh my God. in today's money. I know that already seems like so much. But in today's money, that was $25,000 a day. What the Hallelujah. Adopt all the dogs. I can't even imagine that. I know. My brain is malfunctioning. I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't. It's so much. It's so much. So basically, Sarah was like chilling, you know. (laughs) She didn't have a worry in the world, except she had many because ghosts. She missed her husband very, very much. And a couple decades before his death, they had also lost a daughter in infancy. And so oh, after no. William's death, she was left without any family. And she fell into That's a depression. So I know. See, money doesn't buy happiness. No. But, but it, it helps. helps. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah wanted to contact William after his death. And so she sought out a medium from Boston. Whoa. And the medium told her that she should leave Connecticut and move west where she should build a house for all of the spirits of those who were killed by the Winchester rifles. Some sources say that she actually never went to a medium and she just moved to escape. But regardless of what brought her to San Jose, Sarah felt as though her family and her money were haunted by ghosts and that the only way to appease them was to make up to them by continuously building them a house. And that is exactly what she did. In 1884, Sarah bought an unfinished farmhouse in San Jose. 
and she began work on what would become, what we know now, a sprawling Queen Anne-style Victorian mansion. It's stunning. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's so detailed, too. It's crazy. So Mm -hmm. she hired workers to do construction around the clock, and she had a very loyal group of workers. She was very good to her workers. I said that, like, her carpenters and her teams would make three times the amount of a normal worker at that time. So they – and a lot of them got to live on the property with her because she basically, you know, around the clock – needed someone to be working on something so that the ghost didn't get her. Yeah. She hired workers to do that construction 24-7, and she herself made decisions about the architecture and the layout. And this meant that there was no plan. She would basically (laughs) just every single morning meet with the contractor and say, put a room there, put a door there, whatever. She just had no plan. Which... It's a little scary, and I can't imagine that it was up to code and that it was completely safe to go through. She was like, she was like building a house on The Sims. <laughs> oh my god, yes, she was. When you do like the mother load money, and then you just like, and when you do rosebud, yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, yeah. She would even have something built and then have it taken down and then rebuilt. And then she often built over things that were already built. She would draw plans out on napkins and paper bags that didn't have any purpose, but that needed to be added. And so the workers continuously built and built and built. Wow. So much so that in 1975, workers on the house discovered a room that they did not know existed. A room that Sarah apparently forgot about and just plastered over. And then more recently, I believe it was in the past like 20 or so years, they found another room. So she would just work over a room, just plaster off these walls and build something else in that space. Oh, my gosh. But in 1906, there was an earthquake that did a number on the house. Apparently, Sarah was trapped inside the house That's when so the earthquake scary. happened. But she survived. But a, a lot of the the house was ruined. Not all of the house was ruined because of the way that the foundation was laid. It, it's on some sort of, I don't, I don't know, it was did not write it down. I'm just trying to remember what it said. Mm. But basically, it wasn't built like into the ground as much as it was built on kind of like this um, foundation that sways back and forth with the earth. So I guess oh. it was somewhat earthquake proof. Right. So it uh, saved yeah. some of the house, but not all of it. So it used to be seven stories, but now it's only four stories high because they had to start rebuilding after the earth- earthquake. Oh my gosh. Um, before the earthquake, there were thought to be 161 rooms in total. Which included what? Yeah, yeah. This is massive. Seven stories. Wow. That's a hotel. So yeah, it had forty bedrooms, two ballrooms, forty-seven fireplaces, seventeen chimneys, two separate basements, three elevators. Oh, and then also one of the elevators was horizontal. So instead that's of that's Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I know. That is so cool. She thought it was more practical to just zip through the halls. That is amazing. I th- I think it's the coolest thing. About this house. but That is brilliant. It once sat on 162 acres. So I guess this massive, massive property fit the amount of acres that it was on. But now it looks even more out of place because it's only on right. 4.5 acres. And Sarah's belief in the spirits that haunted her husband's company only grew stronger with her age. And she 
only actually this is weird. She installed only one working toilet, but built many more so that the spirits would be confused. And then she Yeah, said, I heard that she tried to confuse the spirits. Like that's why a lot of the rooms doors didn't lead to actually anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, the whole property was built to like trick the spirits and confuse them and basically have her not be as easily found or navigated yeah. to. Um she also slept Jeez. in a different bedroom every night. And apparently the house was so large that it was difficult to navigate for even Sarah. And she sometimes forgot where the bedrooms were. <laughs> I mean, that is so much work to put in to, like, hide from the non-living. Right. And, of course, it brings up the question of Sarah's mental state, obviously, if she, right. you know, was doing these crazy things. I mean, if you have money, anyone really does whatever you want. But right. if she hadn't I'm, or if she had family, I'm sure someone would have intervened and been like, maybe think about this differently. Yeah. But then we wouldn't have the Winchester Mystery House today. That's true. And we are thankful for that. Right. The house is very odd due to Sarah's own preferences and her belief that the spirits would find her if she ever stopped. <laughs> um, she didn't like the look of wood, but she wanted the house to be made of wood. So the builders okay. used a lot of redwood in construction and covered each piece with faux grain and stain. There were 20,000 gallons of paint used. In the house. 20,000 gallons? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and it was just, like, what you said, the doors leading to nowhere. It was just, like, a very weird, very different type of house. She would put right. windows overlooking other rooms. She had oddly spaced and very steep stairs, doors that led to nothing, spy holes, cabinets Whoa. that opened up to walls, small rooms built inside big rooms. Oh my gosh. Stairs that go to the ceiling. Floors. I'm not going to lie. This what? kind of sounds like my ideal home. I know. It actually sounds so fun. <laughs> I would love to live there. Yeah. Being a kid I'm, in this house would probably be so fun, but also terrifying. <laughs> if playing you hide lost, and seek? Could you imagine playing hide and seek in that house? Oh my God. It's so intense. And then she also put balconies inside instead of outside. And then she also put skylights in the floors some believe oh. that it was meant to trick the spirits or trap them and even lighting the lighting in the house was meant to confuse Whoa. spirits and when the lighting would hit a certain way light things would appear dark and vice versa so it kind of reminded me of like alice in wonderland like all of a sudden something happens and you feel like you're going down the rabbit hole you're just yeah. so disoriented well, it also makes me – okay, so, like, I feel like we all do things based on the way that society has made us think that they should exist. So, like, houses all look similar because that's the way they've been made mm -hmm. since – Track we, homes. Right? So, like, good for her. I mean, I know there's questions of her mental state, but I do think it's – what a creative way to look at the world and change. Really, she's an artist. Things. If yeah. anyone else did that and didn't say that it was because of spirits, she would be – in all of the art books. Right. Yeah. It's just Architecture, because yeah. of what motivated her to do so. Right. That mm -hmm. puts her in a different category. Yeah. So she was very focused, obviously, on building more and more to try to appease the spirits that mm -hmm. had fallen due to her husband's rifles. Uh, but she still added a lot of decor to her designs. So it's quite ornate and quite decorative inside. There's stained glass 
that's supposed to be very, very beautiful. And many of the pieces were made by the Tiffany company just for her. So she had custom made stained glass by Tiffany. That's amazing. Wow. Whatever. Um, One of the stained glass pieces was made personally by Tiffany himself. And he created it so that when (laughs) the sunlight hit the crystals, a rainbow would stretch across the room. So beautiful, right? But guess where Sarah put it? She put the freaking stained glass window in an interior wall where no light would reach it. So it just chilled there. Whatever. Whatever. It was for her, right? He made it for her so she she could do what she she wanted. (laughs) I want the rainbow. (laughs) Sarah also had spider web designs all over. She put them in like the grates and the fireplaces. She had windows with spider web designs, just a ton of spider webs. This is where the house diverges from my dream home. Yeah, yeah. And also the number 13, all over. 13 everything. She was obsessed with the number 13. She thought it would help ward off the spirits. She did multiples of 13, had items altered to have 13, 13 written out, everything. So like, for an example, there was a candle holder or like a chandelier with 12 candle holders and so she had it altered to have 13 candle holders everything had to have 13 and she was so meticulous about these small elements mm-hmm. in the design that even the drain covers in the sinks had 13 holes so what is the i mean maybe you don't know but why would someone do 13 when that's such a, an unlucky number i think she thought that it was i don't know because she's not alive and I don't know if she ever explained right. it, but I think she thought it would ward off the spirits. I mean, again, she was trying to appease the spirits too. So maybe if it was right. something that she associated with the supernatural, she was like, here, I'm giving you the number you like. Right. Interesting. But yeah, so she was pretty crazy about the number 13. Apparently, she also signed her will 13 times. So in honor of her, I wrote all of this in size 13 font. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so she was also nervous about upsetting the spirits. And so daily she would – or nightly, I guess, she would go to the seance room and make contact with the spirits to see if she was doing everything okay and if they were happy and what she should be doing. So maybe actually – maybe the number 13 was something that she took away from the seance room. Wow. I – that is – Wild. I know. To be a fly in the wall during one of those seances. I know. Oh, my God. And it really makes you wonder, too, because clearly she was contacting them basically daily, and she was so open to it and so nervous about spirits that it makes me think that she could tap into something. And I just picture her in this room and wind going and objects blowing out. Yeah. Yeah. She passed away in 1922, which, as upsetting as it is to lose someone, she was in her 80s. So she lived a long life. A long life, yeah. Up until Especially for the 20s. Yeah, I know. I know. And all the wars and everything. And yeah. I guess maybe if you're that neurotic and have that much money, you live long. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um. Up until her death, construction had been going on 24-7 without interruption, which I think was about 38 years nonstop of construction. Oh, my goodness. And as soon as she passed, like, on the dot, construction immediately ceased. She left all of her belongings to her niece, but that was, like, her tangible 
items, not her home. It was just like her furniture and everything. And the mansion was not mentioned in her will. So they just sold it at auction for very little money because it was thought to be impractical and unfinished and damaged. And so John and Mame Brown took the house and they opened it for tour. Oh, that's amazing. Those are the best people to get the house then. I know. Because think about all, like, someone could have bought that and destroyed it and never shared it with the world. Yeah, John and Mame Brown, homies, they did it. We love you guys. Thank you. Love you guys. And now I believe, I believe it's owned by a a company now or an organization that was created by John and Mame's Hmm. descendants to just keep the property I'm talking in my butt. (laughs) In the the early 1990s, a parapsychologist, anomalist, and paranormal investigator, Christopher Chacon, I don't know if I said his name right, he spent 30 days around the clock investigating the paranormal activity in the Winchester Mystery House. Cool. And it is the only in-depth scientific investigation to have happened on the property. And he declared that there was indeed paranormal activity. Many Whoa. psychics. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. And also, I'm like, 30 days. Like, did he – I wonder what he did. Did he spend each night on a in a different room just like Sarah did? Like, how did he – Right. What did he do? I want to know about his experience. Email us. <laughs> Christopher, many psychics have visited the property as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them confirm that it's haunted. Wow. And Sarah Winchester herself supposedly is one of the spirits that haunt the home. Sarah. And there are quite a few spots in the house that are ripe with activity. The third floor corridor is one of those spots. A lot of people see stuff or hear stuff. Um, it's popular to hear footsteps and disembodied voices whispering your name. <gasps> no, that's creepy. Yeah. And it's also the area of the home where the servants stayed. So it's thought that a lot of them never left because they were quite loyal to Sarah. She right. treated them very well and let them live in a mansion and paid them three times the amount that they should. Right. Arguably, the most active spirit is Clyde. He's one of Sarah's loyal employees. Huh. He's often spotted near the old coal chute in the basement. And the basement of the mansion was actually closed off for most of its life. So most of the time that it's been in the hands of someone besides Sarah, it's been closed off. But a few, only a few years ago, it was cleared out to include in the tour. Whoa. And it took a lot of prep because the area had been closed off for like 80 years. So it can get pretty dusty and messy and gross. Right. So it took several months to sweep all of the dust out, which was one of the tasks given to the tour guides whenever they had downtime. It was like, just go to the basement and sweep. Right. And tour guides kept running into this man down there with overalls and a mustache and a wheelbarrow. One of the guides asked his manager who the other cleaner was. And the manager was confused because he was like, no one else is supposed to be down there with you and cleaning. There is no one. And not long after this conversation, a different guide asked the manager about the man in the basement and gave the same exact description of him. What? And then the mystery was finally solved when a guest on the tour pointed at a picture that was on display of all of the carpenters who had worked on the property and said, I saw that man in the basement. He had a wheelbarrow. (gasps) And so the guide of that tour where the woman said that then told the manager and the manager took the photo and brought it to the two other guides who had reported seeing someone else cleaning in the basement and asked them if any of these people were who they saw. And both of them were able to point to the same man without hesitation, which is Clyde. Clyde. Clyde! He's still cleaning. 
Still working. This is why I wish I could work at a historic building that does tours because I want to go in those secret rooms that are like employees only. I want to know what's behind those doors. I know. When I was in New Zealand, I don't remember exactly. It was like the old stone house or something like that. I can't remember exactly the name of it, but it's supposed to be haunted by the daughter of this family. And the tour guide told us that one time on the tour, it's, it was daylight when it happened, but one time on the tour, she decided to add a little extra detail to what she normally says in the tour and made some like kind of joking comment about how the younger daughter, the one that haunts the place, mm-hmm. um, didn't quite win the genetic lottery and that she was quite oh. ugly. And as soon as she said that, all of the lights like busted and everyone on the tour was like, shit, <laughs> do not upset a ghost. Don't. So, yeah, employees see a lot. If you're an employee wow. at a haunted place, tell us. I know. I want to do a whole episode about haunted tours. Oh, my God. And get people's personal we stories. We should go on one. Remember when you asked me to go on one in L.A.? It didn't work out for us, but it started at, like, 1 a.m. Yes. Yeah, it was, like, a during Halloween. Because you were the only person that I was, like, you would be down to do this, but it was at an inconvenient time. I know. We should go on a different one. Somewhere cool. Yes. Like, St. Augustine. I'm- yeah. <gasps> Someone actually <laughs> still trying to go. People keep Instagram messaging us. They're like, come to St. Augustine. We'll do ghost tours. I want to so bad because it also looks like the best vacation. Like it just looks yeah. like a good time all around. It's not like we'd go out into the middle of nowhere to go to some abandoned asylum right. and then we're just in this small town, spend a bunch of money to be like, well, we should go eat at the local diner. Not that that's not fun, but I right. just St. Augustine, like it's Florida. It's vacation. Yeah, it doubles as vacation and ghost hunting. Right, right. And love for you and Andrew. I'm actually nervous after all the talk about like incubus and succubus and stuff that Andrew would get the wrong idea about me and he'd try something before we even go on our first date. No, 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 no. You will not allow that to happen. I'd probably be so starstruck if I saw him that I wouldn't even be able to speak. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, talk Uh. about ghost hunting. Ghost Adventures went to the Winchester Mystery House because where haven't they gone, right? I feel like every single thing I look at, it's like Ghost Adventures went there. I'm like, well, of course they did because they're a funded television show. They have money and resources. And are brave. But on camera, they caught a green vaporous hand by the base of the staircase that leads to the ceiling. So there's one staircase that just leads directly into a ceiling. So you obviously can't use it, but they caught a green ghostly hat. Whoa. Other paranormal phenomena include banging doors, windows that are hit so hard that they shatter, moving That's lights, scary. cold spots, doorknobs that turn. And if you want to go and see, you can take a tour in the mansion and participate in guided ghost tours. One year ago, in 2017, they debuted mm-hmm. daytime tours. So if you're too spooked to go at night or if night is... T- too inconvenient of a time for you you can go walk around during the daytime tour and i believe they include um other other rooms and areas in the daytime tour that is not seen in the nighttime tour so you get another look at the house bonus bonus do they allow overnight i don't know i think i think this is one place that i would do an overnight i couldn't ever be alone in here you'd get lost how do they run back up you know what? I don't think it's an overnight because, I mean, I didn't look. I briefly looked at, like, the tour 
thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's not an overnight. I think it's guided because there's a lot of areas that are roped off and closed to the public. So you can't just let people freely go because there's only select rooms that are safe and available for people to look at. And I've seen pictures of doors that just open and they open to outside and it could be on the third floor and you'll fall if you walk through it. So Mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. What if you get spooked and you start running and you whip open a door? It's just too dangerous. You have to go on a guided tour. Another spooky, but also I think it's kind of sweet thing is that to date on every Friday the 13th, they ring the bell 13 times at the 13th hour, which is 1 p.m. in honor of Sarah. Wait, there's one coming up on April 13th. It's a Friday. Well, someone go. Everyone that's in San Jose, go. Well, they probably already have it. I'm unemployed. Should I go? You should. Road trip up. Oh, my God. Wait, I'm actually really down for this. Shit. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to. Yep. Okay. No, you can't do it without me. I'll FaceTime you in. Okay, FaceTime you Damn it. Damn it. How far is the drive from here to San Jose? I'll figure it out. This is an off-the-podcast Seven thing. hours? I love road trips. So this would be great. Have a me-time moment. And then if you want to go on the tour, just post on our Facebook group and say... Anyone in San Jose? Does anyone live in San Jose and want to go on the 2 p.m. tour? Wait, I really want to do this. I want to, too, and now I'm so jealous because I feel like you actually are going to do I it. I really want to. Okay, let me know if you okay. do. There's also a movie that was made. It was made, I think it came out in February of this year. We've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. It's called Winchester, and Helen Mirren plays Sarah Winchester. And I haven't seen it yet. It also didn't get no. very good reviews. I've heard, but I still want to see it. I've heard it doesn't do the story justice, and it's more of like, which is a bummer because I think her story is so interesting, and, and she really did have a true fear of these spirits and like wanted to appease mm-hmm. them, whether it was real or or if it was something deeper within her psyche, it was such a real thing to her. And I think people monetize off of ideas and kind of remove the emotion and like the, the humanity behind it. Right. And I think we can all learn something from Sarah because regardless of her situation or what was real and what was not, she was respectful of the spirits and the afterlife. Yeah. And didn't want to cause any harm to anyone she seemed like a very loving person yeah that's a good lesson to learn yeah she took care of everyone around her so treat people with kindness Mm -hmm. even if it's people that have passed on it's easier to love than it is to hate said it before and i'll say it again i think hate is an extension of love it's like i think for you to truly feel emotions so yeah, but I think intensely. Yeah, but for you to truly hate someone, I think you've had to have had loved them in the past. <sighs> I would disagree. I'm just thinking of people that I really don't have much respect for based on things that they've done, and I haven't been close to them. But it's based on things they've done to people that are close right, to me. Right, right. That's true. Like, do you have a person? Yeah. Yeah. See, everyone has a person. But it's. I think it's the same person. I think you're thinking of. Mm. Is it probably? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Leave our friends alone. <laughs> I have a few people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. But I do think there <laughs> – you're right. There's a, But I think that hate is a strong emotion that comes after if, like, someone you love really hurts you too. Right. That's why breakups are so awful because yeah. most of the time people – or, like, divorces, you hear one person hates the other person. It's because you had such strong feelings towards someone that it's hard to 
probably just switch to having no feelings. So you yeah. resort towards anger. Yeah. But just love everyone. Yes. We have listener stories. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part of our You know podcast. what I'm going to do on my hiatus? I'm just going to send you coded letters and <laughs> make you figure them out. Great. You know what you should do? You should start on that paint by number. Oh, I do have to do that. I'm excited for that. I'm going to have so much more downtime. Oh, so nice. Okay. I have a story. Okay. From Stacy, And it's actually good because she said that she was afraid to listen to our podcast because ghosts scared her. So this will be a great episode for her to listen to. But she said, I started listening to your podcast today and it's not too scary yet. I've been to the Stanley, but only for breakfast. LOL, nothing too exciting happened. Anyway, here is my story of our house. On May 31st, 1935, there was a historic flood in south-central Nebraska of the Republican River. There was a ton of devastation and lots of lives lost. The house that my family currently lives in used to be two houses before the flood. During the flood, those two houses collided, and instead of tearing them down afterwards, they patched them up into one house, which is so cool. That's so cool. It's so cool. It's like the Winchester it's like house. I wonder. It is. <laughs> oh, my God. What a good connection. You could definitely tell where they were different. We've since remodeled. One side of the house had smaller rooms, and the other side had a more open layout. The story is that during the Great Depression, a mom in one of the houses was not able to care for her baby anymore due to lack of money, food, etc. So she fed the child food poisoning, and the child died. No. Oh, no. That's so sad. Ugh. Imagine how hard it's it, really awful, yeah. and to just think that someone felt like that was their only choice is also quite right. But it, upsetting. I mean, during the Great Depression, everyone was struggling, and no one had food. Right, so, like everyone was so desperate, which is just so devastating. Really she is. says, recently someone had written a book about the flooding and events surrounding the flood. Every time my parents checked it out of the library, weird things happened in our house. So my dad, his ex-wife, my aunt, and uncle were all hanging out at the house one night when all of the lights went out. They went outside to see if the neighbors had lights. We live in the country. And they did. So my dad checked the breaker box and that was fine. So they couldn't figure out why they didn't have any power if the neighbors did. And about that time, all the lights started to come back on. One by one. No. (laughs) That's crazy. That's really scary. It's one thing for them to go out and then turn back on, but to, like, eat, like, individual light one by one, room by room. (gasps) It makes me wonder if it was trying to – the spirit was trying to lead them to a certain room, like, follow the lights. But don't. Don't follow the lights. Unless your child is stuck in the upside down. (laughs) Unless you're trying to battle a demogorgon. One time, my dad was taking a shower downstairs in our unfinished basement. It was just a square brick shower with a shower curtain in a big open room. Weird, I know. As he was showering, he thought he could hear stuff, but he assumed it was just the dog upstairs or something. Well, he kept hearing it and could see a shadow moving around through the shower curtain and thought it sounded like a kid. So he opened, so he opened the shower curtain and nothing was there. I went to go get my hair cut by a girl from my hometown while I was in college. And the first time she, first thing she asked me is if my house was still haunted. I laughed and said yes, but I personally haven't experienced anything myself and asked her why. She said when she was younger, she babysat my sister there one day. And while they were playing in the living room, which was on the other side of the house from the kitchen, she kept hearing banging noises. 
So she went to the kitchen to see what it was. When she went in there, all of the drawers in the bottom cabinet were open. Lillian said she had been there and not not five minutes before, and they were all shut, and no one else was in the house. That's paranormal activity. Yeah. That's, like, one of the most common things we hear is cabinets and drawers opening. Because it's such a – it's a thing that people would notice if they were open or if they were closed. So I think it's a very obvious sign for spirits to be like, I'm here. Right. Someone else emailed us and told us about how, like, similar to humans, we can't really control the energy within us. And when you're a spirit, it's the same thing. And so sometimes your energy – is like acts and bursts and it causes those things to happen. So it might not be oh, wow. a ghost like physically opening each cabinet and drawer, but like their burst of energy does that. That's so interesting. Yeah. I just like, that's kind of cute. Cause I just imagine like a new ghost walking through and then being like, Oh shoot, I did it again. I'm embarrassed because they can't control. I'm themselves. sorry. <laughs> In ghost. That's school. a good children's book too. Ghost school. I'm no one's allowed to I will sue you if you write these books guys these are all my ideas <laughs> I wish I was a good talented artist because I would love to illustrate children's books oh I feel like I have such great images in my head but then I can never translate them into my fingers in my hand I should ask my brother to do it for me he's such a good artist that would be good you'd be like brother and sister children's book authors Yes, we can create our own publishing company where we only publish books from people that are no names like us. So you'll publish my book? Yes, of course. Cool. Okay. All right, back to Stacy's story. So this is the most recent sighting. After supper one night, my mom was finishing up with the dishes in the kitchen. As she was about to walk out of the kitchen, an old man dressed in overalls and a cap walked right across the kitchen doorway. She came straight into the living room and sat down. We thought she was acting weird, but she said she was fine. She told my dad about it that night, but didn't tell us girls until about a year ago. She knew we were always afraid of seeing ghosts, and so she didn't want to scare us. We're not sure where the man comes into play, but we call him Farmer. The way he dressed reminded me of our grandpa, but my mom obviously would have told us if it was our grandpa or not. I have a few other stories, but those these are the main ones, and I'm sure my parents have more, but again, don't want to scare us. We haven't had any sightings or anything like that since we remodeled the house. My mom laughs, but she swears that the day we took the roof off of our house that they were all set free because that's kind of when everything stopped. Oh, another visual of just all the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Up into the sky. Bye. Waving at everyone on the ground. It's been a good time. Everyone looks like ants. Look at how small <laughs> they look. <laughs> oh, you have to do this. Okay. Only adults <laughs> Only adults have seen things in our house, so I'm thankful that I was a kid and they were nice to us while we lived there. Us girls still get creeped out in the basement sometimes because it's only half finished and it reminds us of what it was like when it was empty and creepy. But basements are supposed to be creepy, Right. Right. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my little stories. Let me know if you decide to use them, but I understand if you have better ones. No, this is great, Stacy. She says, I'm going to try to keep listening. So far, so good. Keep it up, Stacy. So far, so good. Well, this is a good one for us to read hers on. I know. Because it's... She'll be able to like listen to it. she has to, to suffer through really scary stories yeah. in the beginning. You're welcome, Stacy. We did this. We did this for you. Yes. I love the idea of two houses joining together. I think it's so cool. It really is. What a unique place. I just picture like a very spunky, like, 
granola family living there, you know? <laughs> and it's smart too. Cause like why waste all those resources? If the foundation is stable, just mm-hmm. instead of knocking it down, reduce, reuse, recycle, you know? Right. And they didn't have any really terrifying experiences. It seems like the ghosts are just trying to cohabitate. Right. What if, oh my goodness, this is okay. Another book? No, brain blast. What if both houses individually had their own haunted histories? And so when they combined, there's like hauntings from two homes in it, even though I think hauntings is the wrong word, but there are two different entities in the home. So like maybe one house had the farmer and then the other house had the woman who unfortunately killed her child. And what if the woman and the farmer fell in love? And they raised the baby together in the afterlife. Yes. Made up for lost time. Oh, what a sweet thought. That could be a children's book. You're right. I know. (laughs) Whenever I have an idea, it's a children's book. But when you have an idea, it's a script. That's true. (laughs) It's a movie. It's a TV show. Our minds think a little bit differently. What we want to produce is a little different. We think similarly, but our product is different. Okay. What's yours? It's called Canada is Spooky, eh? (laughs) From Kaylee. She says, hello, spooky lasses and furry associate spooker kitty. I love that. (laughs) Furry associate spooker kitty. Leia. Furry associate spooker kitty. Now you have to get her a little. I know. I want to make a tag that says that. (laughs) (laughs) my name is kaylee and i reside in alberta canada it's above montana in case you were terrible with geography as i am (laughs) thank you for understanding us i've been listening to your podcast pretty much since day one thanks for being two awesome people who share my love of ghosts and the paranormal thank you kaylee Mm -hmm. for also liking ghosts. it's hard to find people my age who think spooky stuff isn't silly but like come on people come on (laughs) Come on. Get with the program. Also, also, I love when a meow breaks the tension in a story. <laughs> so keep doing what you're doing, kitty cat. Oh, I'll tell Leia. So sweet. Did you say I'll tell Leia? Yeah. <laughs> I will. Okay. When I get home today, first thing I'm going to do, Leia, Kaylee thinks you're doing a great job. <laughs> I have some stories to share with you that all pertain to myself and my family. My mother and I have shared a love for paranormal since I was very young, and my father refers to us as the ghost girls. Oh, fun. And is not a believer himself. Luckily, I have some pretty cool relatives who are open-minded to the great beyond. My first story is about my aunt, uncle, and cousin. They spent a few nights in the Kilmary Lodge in Waterton, Alberta, which was rumored to be haunted by a few active spirits. The lodge was built in 1926 as a rooming house by Ida, Ida, Kemis. Sounds right. Yeah. It burned down in 1933 and was rebuilt and expanded in 1940. Info taken directly from the article I've attached for you guys. Oh, thank you. My aunt was laying in bed while my uncle was in the bathroom one evening. She turned on her side to try to fall asleep. That is when she felt the unoccupied side of the bed sink down as if my uncle had come to lay next to her. She turned to say something to him, only to see that there was no one next to her as my uncle emerged from the bathroom. They could see an impression of in the bed as if a body had just been laying there. Oh my gosh. Worst nightmare. 
The second story from the Kilmery happened to my cousin during the same stay. My cousin was about 20 at the time and was staying in her own separate room from my aunt and uncle. She woke up in the morning and decided to get a shower. Being a paranoid person like myself, she always locks the bathroom door even <laughs> when she's the only one in the room. I do that too because yeah. then it just makes it harder for – if someone is an intruder, it just gives you maybe a couple extra seconds to try to do it's something. True. I'm not going to give all the details about my <laughs> what I do to stay safe just in case someone tries to break in, but I agree with her. Yeah. As she was showering, she heard a rapid knocking on the bathroom door. Assuming it was my aunt, she called out, I'm almost finished. There was no response, and she assumed my aunt had left. Not even 30 seconds later, she heard more knocking, but this time it was more aggressive. Now worried that something was wrong, she grabbed her towel and jumped out of the shower and cracked the bathroom door open, expecting to see one of her parents standing there. No one was there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she quickly changed and ran to her parents' room, and she asked why had the, why they had been banging on her bathroom door so aggressively, as they were the only people who had keys to access her room. My aunt and uncle looked stunned. They had not been in her room that morning at all. Now, I know you both probably want to come stay at the <laughs> Kilmery. <laughs> Unfortunately, this treasure burned down in 2009. Possibly spooky reasons, dot, dot, dot. Mostly like electrical reasons. (laughs) The last I heard is that there are plans to rebuild, although two previous fires is probably a good indication that the lodge probably doesn't want to exist. Yeah. My second story is more of a dream and less of a tale. I know you guys sometimes talk about your dreams. We love Love dreams. dreams. So I thought I would just throw this one in too. I've had a reoccurring dream since I was 18 years old. The first time I had the dream, I was staying at my friend's house for the summer as my family had moved away to Newfoundland. In the dream, I am laying still in bed. The room is dark, but there is enough light from a window to make out shapes and figures. The door cracks open slowly like something out of a goddamn horror movie. (laughs) I can hear a scratching sound, but I am completely frozen in my place. A woman approaches my bed. Mm -mm. She has dark hair and very light skin. Mm -mm. Her eyes are soft, but then they become very dark. (gasps) She goes from walking like a person to moving like a fucking spider. An exorcist style climbs up my wall and across my ceiling. (gasps) She turned her head to stare down at me, her mouth wide open. She then drops onto my chest. (gasps) No. Ah, It's like the old hag. Her face inches from mine and just screams. I can't move or breathe while this dream is happening. I always wake up in a cold sweat, breathing heavily after I have this dream. I have probably had it about five or six times since. One version of the dream always stuck out to me because I thought it was a dream just like any other I've had. I'm sitting by a tree and there are young kids playing in the park nearby. I'm appreciating the view when the children walk up to me and invite me to eat with them. I say yes, and suddenly there's a picnic blanket. The children are seated in front of me, and as I look up to them, I can see her standing there beside the tree, her mouth agape and her eyes staring right through me. Again, I am frozen, and she starts to scream, and I am jolted awake. I see the same psychic with my aunt every year for fun, and we don't read too much into what she says, but we always have a good time and enjoy her company. A month after I first had this dream, I went to see her. She told me right away that she knew something dark was following me and asked me if I'd been sleeping okay. I told her that I thought I was 
having trouble sleeping, not uncommon for a teenager. But she said to me that she knew my dreams were keeping me awake because it was more than a dream. She believed there was a dark force that had attached itself to me and was communicating through dreams because I was vulnerable then. No. She gave me stones to protect myself and told me to pray every night before I went to sleep. She also promised me that she would pray for me to keep me safe. My spooky mother asks me to document every time I dream about her to see if there's a pattern emerging. We noticed it was normally during times of great stress that I would see her. That makes sense. The frequency of the dreams has since dropped off greatly. I'm now 24, and the last time I had the dream was probably a year ago. I don't know who she is or how she found me, but I hope she stays away for a long time. That's so scary. That totally makes sense with the that she would show up in her dreams when she's in like stressful times in her life because one yeah you're more vulnerable when you sleep but also you're more vulnerable when you're like stressed and yeah so scary yeah it's not even because my first thought was that it would be just like a stress dream but that makes sense because you're more open it's like when you're fighting all of those things the negative make you more energy yeah Mm -hmm. i have other stories and experiences but this email is getting very long You have my permission to read my experiences and use my name on your podcast if you'd like. Well, good, because we already did. (laughs) I'm trying to plan a cross-country haunted Canada tour with some friends in the coming year, so I'll have to keep you posted on that. That sounds so fun. That sounds so much fun. We should do that, Sabrina. Let's do it. Next hiatus. Next time I'm on a hiatus, we'll plan for it. I'll go buy some lottery tickets. Okay. We're still accepting donations, by the way. (laughs) But remember, it has to be a million dollars at least. <laughs> Remain spooky and see you on the other side, Kaylee. P.S. Never come to Canada and say A, you'll annoy us, but we'll be too polite to say so. <laughs> so funny. Oh. I actually do. A has, is like somewhat a part of my own vocab because I'm from Northern Vermont. Right. I also have a lot of family in Canada. I don't say it often, but. I feel like when you're around people enough, you start to pick up on their vocab and you right. use it. So, And a lot of people, too, like in Vermont are dual citizens. Right. There are a lot of people that were like born in Canada or have a house in Canada. Right. So this one was spooky, eh? Wow. Well, if you guys have spooky or lighthearted, any ghost stories, send them to us to our email at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. We did miss 666. We did. I was really sad. But now we need 666. Don't forget social media. We have Facebook group, Facebook page you can like, Instagram, Twitter. And go to designmysoap.com to design your very own soap now. And to get a free two girls, one ghost vegan lip balm, use the promo code TGOG yeah. at checkout. And we will. See you you on the other other side. side.